right? So when you get home and you get and your significant other's there and they say, how's your day? And you did your day like you were supposed to and you followed your calendar. Don't you normally have a lot more to talk about? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I don't know. Let's open a bottle of wine. I got a lot to share. Yeah. Versus like if my wife, I get home, my wife's like, how's your day? And I did not follow my time block calendar and I winged it and I was haphazard. I'm like, eh, it was all right. Yep. Isn't yep. That, eh. I can't lie to my husband. He's like, did you have a productive day? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I am here with Wade Blair, and he just informed me that it's not Wadey Blair, it's Wade Blair. Yeah, pretty pretty easy to say, Wade. Yeah, and we're, we're here to have some fun. That's why I kind of mentioned that. Um, and also, Nikki Tobia. So, the reason we're doing this episode is is because these are two Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce members, mm-hmm. and um, I'm plugging the chamber just because I love it, and the relationships I have with people are just getting stronger and stronger, and I just love that. And in January of 2023, um, Wade gave a presentation at the chamber at a first Friday breakfast. This is something that happens most months, the first Friday, and we have a guest speaker, and Wade was the guest speaker, um, talking about the why method. And if you go to the Chambers podcast, which is episode 63, uh, it's titled Taking Action Kills Hesitancy Every Single Time, a preview of the why method with Wade Blair. That's it. You nailed it. Yeah, that's it. So that was a uh, conversation and an interview you had with Brett here at the chamber. But the biggest reason we're here is is that the last First Friday breakfast, I was facilitating a table, a table, and Wade and Nikki were both on the table, and somehow, you guys just like hit it off, and Nikki, you were like, "Oh my gosh, your presentation!" So it, it resonated, and I think it was divine intervention to just be randomly placed with Wade again the next time around. That's great. That's great. We so, are going to confirm that <laughs> nothing is accidental in this life. Everything happens purposely. Mm-hmm. So we were purposely meant to be at the same table that day. Yep. Yeah, no accidents for sure. So what I've asked them to do is come in and have Wade go through a brief summary of the why method, but, and then they can have a chat about it. But the first thing I'd love you to do is just brief introductions. You, ma'am. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so just to repeat my name again for everybody, uh, Nikki Tobia, and I am a new resident of Carlsbad, a couple years in San Diego now. Um, But I grew up in SoCal and I love to get involved in my community in as many ways as I can, much to my husband's chagrin. Um, And I recently joined the steering committee of the Carlsbad Young Professionals here at the Chamber of Commerce in Carlsbad alongside my day job. Um, But it's just been a wonderful opportunity to share my passion with my job, which is as a frontline fundraiser for a nonprofit, but also to network, which is one of my, I think one of my biggest side hustles is connecting people um, in many ways. And it's one of the things that drives me. And so being a part of the chamber and other networking groups is a big part of my Monday through Friday. And so- So you're a connector. That is what I aspire to be. I think you already are. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I can resonate it with that too. It's just like when you just give more than receive, you'll be blessed. You'll get your blessings. But when you just come from contribution first and just get out of your own way and help others, wow, look yeah. out, here it comes. Fills, fills your cup more than you'd ever expect. You think you're emptying it, but you're really filling it. So. I love that. Yeah. Cup overfloweth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. Exactly. So what about you, Wade? 
real estate team here with Keller Williams and Carlsbad, the Blair Group real estate team. I've got five on my team, and our mantra is relationships over transactions. So it's about helping, giving people data, giving people information to help them make the best decisions, whether they want to move, not move, sell, not sell. We give you all the information, then y'all get to decide if it's a great time, and we just help consult, so it's a, a blast. And yes, I'm also an ambassador chair of the ambassador committee, and love doing that. We're the connectors of the chamber, uh, new members, greetings, and things like that. So I'm very excited about being the, uh, a part of the Chamber of Commerce here in Crossville. And you're also on the board, right? Uh, not on the board. Mm, okay. Are you trying to recruit me to the board? No. Okay. That, that would be Brett's right job. There. I'm pretty busy, but, you know, we'll see. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So let. Uh, what about the why method? Let's have that brief summary. That's interesting. So the why method, I just magically came up with that. You know, I do a lot of training. I do a lot of mentoring. And I just thought of like, okay, in the mantra of helping people get to the point of just making a decision or not making a decision, I'm like, just think of it like a fork in the road. So just a why. And the bottom of it's the very, so think of it like segments going up to the fork in the road. So the bottom part is where people are at. Like, I don't know if I want to buy or sell or I don't know if I want to change my job position to a different company. Well, that's the starting point. The next step is to move up that why into, okay, let's explore. And the next step above that would be maybe meet other people that have made moves to different companies and getting out of their comfort zone. And the next step would be, okay, let me get my resume together. And then you walk that path of the why method up to the point where it's like, okay, now it's time. I got to decide. It's left goes yes and right goes no and either way is okay. But we took next steps to determine if we should take that full-blown next step of the yes or no. So the Y method, the Y is not spelled W-H-Y. It is, it is just a Y. It's just a Y. A strong capital Y Correct. that stands by itself. Correct. Yeah. Okay, well, I've got something to change in the episode notes here. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> and I got that kind of from my mentor in Dallas, uh, Ann LaCosta, wanted to always open a winery, like distribute wine, right, import wine. And she didn't think she could. Her mentor said, you should, and you should just take the next step. Go get a book on importing wine and then go read another book. And so I kind of got my this why method of my mentor, and she's with Keller Williams and leadership in Dallas, Texas area. And she's been amazing in my life. And that's where that why method kind of the idea kind of resonated from. That's awesome. All right, Nikki, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to bow out of the conversation. You guys can just have yeah, some yeah. fun here. Okay. But you got very excited at the uh, at the at that table. Yes. I mean, yes. you know, you could have jumped up on the table. It would have been fine. But, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, what, what got you really excited about uh, Wade's presentation in January? Well, to, to touch on the why method quickly, mm-hmm. when you explained what it was, I also was like, have I heard of this before? This sounds so familiar. And I realized I hadn't. And now I get why, because you came up with it. Um, and I've only known you short, for a short period of time. Uh, but... I realized that that is the organic set of steps that I took in my career trajectory in two different instances. And I think it was just through the coaching and mentorship from my basically career mentors, but I would I would say they were my life mentors. So I recognized the why method because I had taken it and it's something that I didn't have a name for it, but I coach others in a way, I guess, to put it simply, to do something similar. And ironically, yesterday, I talked to another young professional and helped them understand that the first step of changing or growing or anything to move forward for them is to learn from others. And so that first step up 
the why I got to share with someone yesterday. So that's so awesome. I got to recognize it in your in your presentation that I had done it multiple times. It kind of tracks back to, you know, back in the days of high school chemistry, you don't just decide that that chemical bond is going to work. You actually have to know right. why it yeah. works um, before you move forward with any sort of experiment. And you have to look at clinical research and you have to see all of these things along the side of like, why has it worked? Um, what are the steps in order to get that product or that chemical bond to actually happen? There's lots of different steps leading up to it. And sometimes your hypothesis is incorrect, but you find something else that might benefit yep. from your you know, chemical experiment that you just created. So that really just resonated with me that what you were projecting to the group was something that I had learned naturally but it made it validated that I can continue using that method when I'm making decisions in my life, whether they're for work or for, you know, non-work related reasons. Mm-hmm. And it it was validating. And then it made me keep focusing on your presentation, to be honest. <laughs> Growth, like right? <laughs> it's just a cool method, just a simple, right? You just okay, what's the next step? Yeah. Instead of going fear or being stuck or hesitancy, it's like, okay, let's just do the next step. Yeah. Don't worry about two, three, and five step. What's the next step? And people get overwhelmed by looking at the end goal. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes at the beginning of it, I'm I'm in fundraising, as I mentioned. So I wasn't your typical audience. If you think about reality reality and um, sales and you know, getting your uh, steady paycheck. Like I, I work in fundraising, nothing steady, but just like reality and sales, I'm mm-hmm. always looking at a very, very lofty goal. And I always need to, to get to an end result that will benefit the mission that I work for. You cannot just look at the end. You have to take bite-sized chunks as you go. And so it, it really, really relates. Yeah. You can't skip the middle part. Right? It's the B, we call it a B do have. So here's where I am. Here's what I want. The do part, and then once I do things the right way and take that next step on the why method, maybe I will get the things I need to have, or I will have the things I want, or will have the number of volunteers or whatever we're searching for. But there's a process in the action. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to take that action step. Yeah. Like I don't love making cold calls, right? So I'm right here. I wish I got free referrals all the time. Mm-hmm. And yet, for me to have the money and the and the life I want to live, that life by design, there's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some monotony in that process. Yeah. But once I get past discomfort and monotony, there's the success of the light in the tunnel. And it also, you can reproduce that. Oh, yeah. And there's your, you know, your formula moving forward. And I, I remember just learning about, well, how do you really fundraise? I've, I, I guess I have fundraised before, before I jumped into this new mm-hmm. career path. But I learned from the steps I took of talking to mentors. They were like, well, no, you have done the steps. You just need to go look back and identify what led up to that successful fundraising moment. And then you can talk about how you'd like to grow as a fundraiser and move into that career path. And what you just explained was you have to do all the steps, but then you have to look back and measure how you got to that success. And then you can reproduce it and continue being successful. Yep. Do the work, track what I did. Do the work, track what I did. Do I like the results I got? No. Adjust, pivot. Next week, do something different. Mm-hmm. And that's just growth. We don't fail. We, we learn forward. It's not, we don't fail forward. We learn forward. Mm-mm. So we're supposed to make mistakes so we get better, right? Yep. And when we learn forward, we're like, okay, I'm not doing that again. That doesn't work. And we can pivot 
and go work towards. And that's so f- fun that we get to share that with other people too. Yeah. Like the Y method, not real estate. It's mm-hmm. fundraising, mm-hmm. podcast, you know, expert, like anything. I want to start training how to do a marathon. What's the next step? Mm-hmm. Get a program. Exactly. Step two, get some shoes. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> with no blisters. Learn how to run. <laughs> start doing it. Right. So ton of fun. Yeah. Now I'm able to point people to Wade or point people to this really simple method of how to learn a new skill, how to push themselves in their job, how to learn from someone that I would say would be a great business coach or a life coach. Um, So, yeah, it was a really, really beneficial presentation. And there's so many different things I got to take out of it. (laughs) Oh, my heart. My heart feels so good. Thank you for that. I'm very grateful. I, I really do. I appreciate that. You know what's really amazing? Yesterday, I get on Thursdays, I get these uh, posts from James Clear. He's the mm-hmm. author of Atomic Habits. Yep. Do you get them? Did uh, you read? Don't have it, but I've read his book. This is the quote that came through yesterday about starting. He said, it's rarely doing the work that is hard. It's starting the work. Once you begin, it's often less painful to continue working. This is why, in the beginning, it is often more important to build the habit of getting started than it is to worry about whether or not you're doing enough. Oh, that's so good. I love that. Yeah. Like, that's like, that's like, like the Y method. Like, okay, See? I need to start running. <laughs> like, I need to start running. Well, just get up and put your feet on the ground. Yeah. Then put shorts on and get dressed in running shorts and shoes. Whether you want to or not, and whether you do it or not, doesn't matter. But the next step is mm-hmm. you're getting in that state of mind of, okay, I'm up. Now I'm dressed. Am I not going to go now? Like I've literally got shoes on and I'm dressed. Like Mm -hmm. do I not go outside and take the next step, go outside? Like it's so simplistic. Like that's so good. Yeah. So you're inspiring to me for that same reason. So it was uh, last week I was like kind of putting off uh, doing an audio edit on this one particular episode on neurodivergence and stuff like that. I thought of you and I thought just start. And so it was just like I just started and I was a couple hours into it, you know, because I had to do some a bunch of yeah, editing. Yeah. And But it was just a matter of starting. Once I'm in it, it's just flowing. There's so many things that we think are so important. So we're going to chase things that are important, but they're not urgent. Yeah. Right? Doing that little edit was probably urgent. Yeah, there's other things and distractions and smoke that's going everywhere and loud voices. Hey, chase me now. Nope, I need to do that first. Yeah. Then I can go do other things. So, yeah. Sorry, you were going to say something. No, I was going to say this is a good segue, and I wanted to ask Wade if he can overview a little of the goal-setting element mm-hmm. that he described in his presentation sure. because that speaks to what John just said and one of the actual task-oriented takeaways that I, I hope a lot more people than just I got out of that day, even just talking about how to put yourself on the track to do the next step and what that goal-setting overview you gave looked like. Goal-setting is easy. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do 50 transactions this year. Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't apply action, I don't do things. There's no activities. There's no getting uncomfortable to be more comfortable because I'm being uncomfortable. Then there's no growth. Yeah. So you're right. You nailed it, John. It's like that next step is like the hardest thing to do is the first one. And it's usually, in, for my in my case, and I think for most people, it's a voice inside your head. And in my Training years ago, I used to, I was trained, I trained myself to recognize there's two voices in my head. Mm. One is encouraging, oh, just start it. Once you get into it, it'll be fine. And there's this other one, it's just, no, wait, you, you can't start now. You've got, you've got to go over here and do this or whatever the distraction is. So for that reason, that's where, honestly, meditation and prayer can be very, very useful. Absolutely. To learn to let go of this internal dialogue. Yeah. 
so strange. Yesterday's class was about talking about the amygdala in our brain. Mm. And now we're talking about it again. Like, here we go. Like, this is not accidental. No. Like, our brain is geared us. It's, it's, we're built to fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And trying to knock a door, for example, for the first time, it's like, man, our body's going, dude, run, <laughs> sprint, get in your car and pill out. Yeah. And yet the other voice is going, hey, but it's profitable. It's the right thing to do. Your endorphin, you're going to feel better because mm-hmm. you did take an action versus the excuse and guilt that you didn't. Yeah. And the way that over the past few weeks after his presentation, the way that I had to re-trigger those thoughts was, okay, well, at least I can say I did it. If it doesn't have what I thought the result would be, now I can mark it off my list and remove it for all eternity. And I never have to go back to that front door again. But making sure I was taking the action that I knew was an action plan to get to my goal. That's so good. It it really, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to not get analysis paralysis, I guess, when you look at your giant fundraising or giant sales goals for the end of the year. Right. And it helps with accountability. I mean, if you have an accountability yes. partner yes. and you're, we're all going to get stuck. Like, oh, dang, I have to, I have to make my cold calls right now. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go, I don't love that. But it's profitable and I need to versus not doing it. How profitable is not doing it? Mm-hmm. Zero. Right? So if you're going to get more people for fundraising, like not making calls and talking to people today would be comfortable because you don't have to do it. It's not painful. But it is painful because you didn't do it. Yeah. And there's no growth. There's guilt involved. And that was self-motivated. I caused that to happen. Yeah. So I love it. You're right. Just do start it. Now yeah. I'm doing it. Like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. And a couple very tactile ways that I put this into play in my own work week for the last few weeks was I did fill up my calendar. And I tried not to overfill my calendar. Mm-hmm. But I physically put on my Outlook calendar a block of time each week of follow-up with my chamber prospects or follow-up with my chamber connections because not all of them I relate to my job, but all of them I do relate to relationship building. And then I put in follow-up with all calls I made last week because every voicemail I leave, I say, I'll try calling you one more time just in case it finds you at a better time of the day to answer. And then check on all new leads that I identified over the past three months and ensure that I've called at least half of them. If not, set a new time to call the other half. Sounds very systematized. It was very systemic. And it was a little stressful, though, yeah, because yeah. I got nervous. On And I'll be honest, this Wednesday morning, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning, and I had calendared out my whole day for myself. And I was nervous. I was not going to be able to get to it all, or I was going to get analysis paralysis because yep. I set about five to six prospective donor calls on my calendar. And I had maintenance to also do with my great relationships I have with donors that are currently working with my organization, Free Wheelchair Mission. And I prayed that my time would be divided at the beginning of the day. And all of my maintenance meetings got rescheduled and I didn't do it. They all got rescheduled to this coming week instead of this Wednesday. And I was able to confidently prepare for all my prospect calls, get them all done, follow up with a couple others mm. that I wasn't prepared I wasn't originally preparing to follow up with but it allowed me to take control of the rest of my week Love and it. now I still know I have those maintenance donor relationship moments still happening they're just not happening this week so good so focusing on the primary stuff you should focus on like mm-hmm. the urgent things that mm-hmm. helps others and helps you make money in what you do 
And then we call that busyness versus business. Mm. Like when we work, focus on business, we're helping others, we're growing our business, we're getting, you know, providing for our family, and there's always going to be busy work, but that's not pr- truly profitable. Mm-hmm. So we have to time block that, but it's more fun to do busy work, right? I don't, it's not yes. no cold call. I don't have to call any donors. I don't have to have a weird conversation. I know yeah. they don't want to talk to me. It's just like, but it's, man, the right thing to do is the business and focus on that calendar. I love that you calendar that now because it's, you don't have to think, you just do it. Yeah. And when you do it, how do you feel like that? How do you feel after you do it though? Oh, I mean, the end of that day, I came home with the biggest smile on my face, so much energy. Um, and I knew that I hadn't just removed the maintenance, the the business mm-hmm. work or right. the busyness work. I hadn't just removed it. I'd actually just rescheduled it because it was on my calendar and I can never take something off when it's on. Once it's on, I won't take it off. So good. Yep. I'll change it, but I won't take it off. So that is helpful of physically keeping myself accountable in that way with that visual, then making sure, and this was one of the things that you mentioned in the actual presentation, you said if you have a 9 a.m. calendar block that says call this person and you don't call that person at 9 a.m., at 9.30, you will be even less likely to call that person. So just make the phone call or just make the outreach or just do that action. And (laughs) I've been trying to stick to that too. Just do it. Just do it. Says it at 9 a.m. If you don't do it at 9 a.m., you might not do it the rest of the day. Well, think of it this way too. Like, like you're blessing someone when you do the right thing. When we get hesitant, we're being we're we're making it about us. And if we just make it not about us and just make it about them and go, you know what, I'm gonna call them because they need me. Mm-hmm. I am a source of value. They could they could use someone else and they're gonna get lower value but less for service. So when mm-hmm. we think of it differently with a mind shift and go, I'm gonna call because they need me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to help them. It gets it off of us and go, oh, I'm nervous or I don't want to do it. It's like, because we're thinking about us. Let's yeah. not think about us. Let's think about the other person and how we can kind of bless them through what we, our knowledge and service and all the things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it was definitely a mind shift too that you, we talked about your identifying your why in your job, why you do what you do and why you believe that you bring the value. And it was a mind shift for me because I am a people pleaser. I don't necessarily feel like I'm the right person for the job all the time. But the why behind what I do, what I do. So for free wheelchair mission, we provide wheelchairs for free to people living with disabilities around the developing world. And they're not going to get them unless we get the funding for them. So I want to help lift those people up. That's my why. But I also know there's so many people around our communities here in America that would also love the opportunity to help other people like that. And so my why has to step into every day of my workday. And I have to remember that I may be the only conduit for the end donor or supporter or friend to find out about this opportunity in which they can then begin changing lives. And that might be part of their vision for their life is I just really want to change lives and I don't know how. And unless I knock on their door, which I have done some old-fashioned door knocking, even though I'm not in real estate. If I don't knock on their door, if I don't pick up the phone call or pick up the phone, um, yeah, the opportunity may just go right by, and that may have been what they wanted to do, and they would have never heard about it ever again. One less impact that we didn't make because of a thought or a fear or a hesitancy or just, yeah, love that. So good. Yeah, can't stand in your own way. (laughs) That's most of the problem. Sometimes we're in the way. And I love the fact that you just said you follow your schedule now. Like that just gives you, does that not give you freedom now? Like this literally, like you, there's a weight off your chest and it's like, oh, 
just follow my schedule. Yeah. But you have to have a schedule to fit, or else we're doing things haphazardly, and that's not a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. And it speaks back to the why method of being able to reproduce the step-by-step process of getting to that decision point. Yep. And you help others do that as well if you stick to your goals and schedule. Yeah, it's so good. I was coaching one of my agents on my team this morning, and she was struggling with doing – she knows what she's supposed to do. She has a schedule and was hesitant to do it and just kind of, eh, I don't feel like doing it today. And so, the th- again, here we are talking about the same thing that I talked about this morning. It's just so weird that we're talking about it again. It's like, I'm like, when you're making your calls or you're, you want to and you're not, what's in front of you visually to remind you, like, I, I definitely now have to make my calls. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Start making the calls. And it, for her, it was just, I need a picture of my daughter because I'm a leader. I want her to see nothing's going to stop me. I'm not going to be lazy. I'm not going to be hesitant. Because if I don't do my job, I'm, that's, that's an example I'm, I'm giving her. Yeah. When I do my job, that's a positive example I'm showing her. So I said, okay, so you want to be a positive influence for your daughter who's always watching and listening, right? And she goes, yeah. So I want a picture beside your phone and your computer at your office. At, so when it's time to make your calls, she is right there by your calendar. And so when you don't feel like doing it, I want you to look at her. And I said, would that help you get motivated and get on the phone? She said, 100%. Wow. So it's just that big why. You know, you said yeah. it. What's that big why? Why am I going to make this call when I don't want to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and sticking to it and creating the habit, going back to atomic habits. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a saying. Uh, most of the time when, you don't, when you're in trouble, it's a, usually an inside job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With one inside person, right? You. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, me in my case. Right, right. Me too. I'm yeah. not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. It's really true. I wanted to bring up one thing that's been useful to me is that last year it was a deep dive on atomic habits, which mm-hmm. was great, mm-hmm. and uh, a productivity planner that was really great. But this year it's been, for me, something really, really useful, which is Cal Newport's um, deep work. Mm. Okay. So what, what it's great results in a highly distractive world. So that's his whole thing. So I read this book and I started applying it and I ended up getting his time, his planner. Mm -hmm. But it's not task lists, it's time blocking. Mm. And and it's basically scheduling yourself for deep work, work that has no distraction to it. It's what you alluded, Nikki, earlier regarding just kind of knuckling down and getting stuff done versus – kind of stuff that needs to be done, but that does not require like a real strong mm-hmm. focus, mm-hmm. you know? And what Cal says, and I'm experiencing it for sure, is I'm good for about three hours of that a day. Yep. That's it. Like three hours of just good, focused, deep work. And then the rest of the time I schedule, you know, I schedule myself for the things that need to be done. You know? That's so good. Gary Keller wrote a book called The One Thing. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. I mean, it's such a good book. The one thing, it's not a real estate book. Yeah. He's written many books. And the one thing, it just gives us the power to focus on the one most important thing. So we try to do to-do list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to create my to-do list. Well, he calls it a success list. Mm-hmm. So you're going to cause that 10 things I need to do, and you're going to create a success list from that. To-do, eh, success is less. Yeah. And these are the urgent things. I'll get to the to-dos later, but the success list is the two to three things that must get done. Just think about that. What if yeah. you just did the yeah. one thing today that I have to do? That such by doing it, nothing else matters. Like if I've got this done, I actually could go home and just go, I, I killed the day. Mm-hmm. 
But yet we have all these other things that are shiny objects and oh, gonna, I need to do this too. And we do more things with side effects than lesser things with benefits. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. And, and looking at when it's almost like you could roadmap backwards from your goals, right? And with fundraising, we really have to do that. I know same those sales funnels. Um, I have a really, really large goal. The goal is I can translate it into lives of people lifted off the ground and into mobility but I need to know the steps on how to go about that. And out of those identifying what are the two to three each month, at least yep. that will allow me to reach that goal at the end of the year. And it, and therein lies your calendar and time block out for those and make sure those are done and everything will fall into place on the side of it. Right. So when you get home and you get and your significant others there and they say, how's your day and you did your day like you were supposed to, and you followed your calendar, don't you normally have a lot more to talk about? Oh, yeah. Like, hey, I don't know. Let's open a bottle of wine. I got a lot to share. Yeah. Versus like if my wife, I get home, my wife's like, how's your day? And I did not follow my time block calendar. And I winged it. And I was haphazard. And like, eh, it was all right. Yep. Was yep. Like, eh. I can't lie to my husband. He's like, did you have a productive day? I was like, absolutely not. Straight there, no. Well, I, you know, I want to bring in, you know, especially with the work I do and stuff. Like, I am dealing with an issue right now through email with a few of my clients that need my attention. Yeah, it's not on my calendar. Mm-hmm. So I generally plan, honestly, somewhere between, well, usually about two hours unplanned work every day. It's gonna happen. Yes. I don't know when. You need it though. But yeah. I uh, try to be very disciplined about not having it enter into my deep work time. Right. Because that that period where it must get done right. kind of a thing. We've got to have the energy to go that deep work. I like that word, yeah. the words. We have to have the energy to do that deep work. And we're taught that when you can do that in the morning, when's our energy the highest? In the morning. Well, everybody's different. It's called peak time. Yeah, peak My time. My peak time is actually typically four o'clock in the morning till about eight in the oh, morning. Wow, very early. Yeah, but it's changed because I moved my office here and I just don't want to get here that early. Right. <laughs> so I do work off my laptop, usually writing. Right on. So. But for me, I have to get things done before 12. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I procrastinate, now others can't, right? So if people that, like, I'll just use a real estate. Some people are part-time dual agents. They have a job until 2. Well, they have to do their job in the afternoon. I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, my energy is in the morning. Because I know after 12 and then lunch, now excuses are going to show up. Life's yeah. going to show up. Oh, well, all this guy wants to meet with me now. Mm-hmm. And those are our excuses that doesn't build my business, provide for my family. Mm-hmm. So my energy is that nine to 12 window. Like how much can I get? How many people can I help? How many conversations can I have before 12? Because if I can do that, the day's won. Yeah. yeah. I have a question for that specific way of handling your own schedule. Mm-hmm. I've heard from a couple mentors of mine that they are very, I guess, strict with their time when they even if they are employees, not just mentees. And they will specifically say, I have office hours and that's my opening of the day when I can take in incoming questions. I can work with you Mm one-on-one to help you with your issues um, or I'll be answering emails or answering the phone. But, you know, my sacred time is for us fundraisers, I've heard this, it's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I block it off my calendar. Nobody, unless you're special, nobody's allowed to be asking for a meeting at that time. Do you use anything like that, Wade? You have to time block that. There's another training that we go through, and it's, it's like we have to tell people no. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean no, I don't, I don't like you, no, 
I just like, you know, whatever. It's no, not right now. Mm -hmm. this is important. I have to do this because I'm going to impact lives or help provide for your family. And it's, it's truly eliminating distractions because we can always fit people in at a different time. And I still, I'm not going to say I'm an expert, like Nikki, come on. Mm -hmm. Like I, I've got a lot of good ideas and I have challenges myself with just so many things that can pop up and scream. I'm more important than you helping clients. Mm -hmm. And if we're built to go be comfortable, then yeah, we we'll want to go help people because we're yes, man. Yeah. Yes, woman. I just want to help people perceive me as always there for them. Well, I can't be yes man all the time or it's no to my business and no to my family and no to my priorities. So mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's a tough one. And once you just time block better, you'll start to organically. Are you starting to feel that like if yeah. you truly allow that bulletproof in that time block yeah. to let no extract, no excuses to come in, no distractions to happen. And you can mm -hmm. walk into that power hour, power hours that you do and just go, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It felt so good. And it feels like learning that you have the power to say no, you identify that you have the power. You, what you're really doing is saying no, but let's check out this other time. Yeah. Or no, let me explain why my priority. I had to do that, unfortunately, for this weekend. It was like, I have a family priority. Life and work, you know, there's a balance. And Saturdays might need to be sacred for me when it comes down to it. It was good to look at it like, okay, well, yeah, how, I got to reach my goals. So I got to put that first and like looking at ways that other people do it. And I've noticed that time blocking of, oh, no, this is like my office time for myself. Like in order for me to be able to support you better, I just need to make sure I'm meeting my own goals. Yeah, I think just telling others or other employees or, or office staff that I can't be interrupted during this time. But after this time, I'm yours. Mm -hmm. Setting some simple boundaries for the company to be successful, the nonprofit to be more successful, you to be more successful. Because when you feel better, don't you work better? Yeah. Of course you do. You're energizing yourself. You're feeding your own soul. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll give some input on this one. Okay. So yeah. Monday's my production prep day. This is where I line up the team to do all the work that needs to be done to get episodes out. Yeah, to get episodes out, period. And they're prepped actually during the – they have a whole week to actually do whatever they need to do for the following uh, next week's release. So that's Monday. No meetings. Somebody needs something. I can be available in the afternoon. And then it's Tuesday and Wednesday, and I use Calendly. Mm -hmm. So in my particular case, um, knowing that my peak times are in the morning, um, they can schedule with me between 1 and 3, mm -hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. And then because I took on a new client, um, Thursdays are out, and it's uh, generally scheduling uh, podcast recording for clients in here. Um, and then Friday's uh, my podcast day. So this is like, you know, before we started today, because it is a Friday, mm -hmm. I went through all the analytics for all my clients and all the podcasting I do to just see what. So th this is my focus day for that. Right. You know, I do let people know, and you know, that if for some reason these times don't work, just let me know. And I have some flexibility. Rarely will I budge to take a morning meeting. It's usually in the afternoon for right. the same reasons Wade you gave, which is most people are going to like, if they're going to get it done, it's going to get done before noon. Mm -hmm. yep. And then lunch, which is an important thing to do. Mm -hmm. Let go. Yeah, let go. Do you read a book? Yeah. Walk around and, the building. Yeah. And the research is strong to show that that's really useful to take that break. Actually, if you can take a 25-minute nap, not longer than that, but just, you know, take a break during that time to just start all over again. I wish I could yeah, nap in the middle that. of the day. How do you do, well, how do, do you do that? I actually do. Yeah. That is amazing. I have for years. 
I couldn't do a 25. It's going to be a three hour and 25. I, I learned the it, power nap in college. I yes. needed to learn it. Oh, That's what I had to do. You've, you've got that skill set. You can do that? I don't know if I could do it on cue anymore, but it was amazing because I didn't nap since six months old until I was 20, 20 probably. That's so awesome. Yeah. Zero naps in between six months of age and 20 years old. But once the power nap. I, I wake up from a power nap and it feels like a whole new day. Wow. Okay. 20 minutes. I'm, I'm missing something. All right. You have to train yourself. And I train. I had to train myself because I was um, at a nonprofit. You know, I told you about kind of this thing I did mm -hmm. for seven years. I volunteered my time at a place. Anyway, it's we ran a restaurant. And the restaurant was, uh, it was prayer and meditation at, uh, I don't know, seven o'clock in the morning. Study before that at six or 6.30. And then we opened a restaurant at eight. Closed it at two after the cleanup, you know, it's like four o'clock. So I had about an hour mm -hmm. to take a shower and take a nap. And that's all I had. It was a very, very intense schedule for like seven years. So I just like laid down, set a timer, woke up. So Wade, you can do that like, I don't know, do that a couple times and we're going to check in with you in a year and see if you've mastered okay. this new skill. A year? A year. Next How week. How about next week? I don't know. 20-minute naps are hard to train yourself into. Yeah. yeah. That's true. There's that. In, in terms of what I found out to be true is if I, like with the Calendly, if I schedule these things mm -hmm. um, and adhere to this, um, knowing that it's for the best for me, but also the best for anybody, new clients or anything else, it just kind of falls into place. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. so good. You know, but you got to know what your peak times are. You got to know what works for you. You know. Yep. Mm -hmm. I just know in the afternoons I'm probably not going to do what I'm supposed to do. I know myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. known myself for a little while. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. It's what you were explaining, and one of the other things that you mentioned was also to be bettering yourself through your own schedule, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like be a learner, like increase your own skill set. Like add that stuff into your schedule to make sure that you're, I mean, it helps me fill up my time of the times I know I'm like, okay, I need one day where I'm not consistently calling people on the phone. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do that day that will help sharpen me? Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember your comment and staying, staying up to date on your industry and all of that. It's so necessary. Oh my gosh. You have to, right? Mm -hmm. And if your competition is those that's not doing that, you're just rising up. You're, you're going to be the cream of the crop and people want to help you because you're, you are portrayed as knowledgeable. So I love that. Yeah. You're, you're raising your own credibility. You're consistently, but also I find that that helps me feel more confident too. Like not just my own credibility in front of others, but then I'm just like, oh, okay, I finally got it. it. Took me three different years of trying to understand that one you know, tactic, but I finally got it. So That's I feel so, good, so much though. more confident today. And clarity's power. Isn't that so good? Yeah. It's like clarity. There is a booby prize attached to that, which is once you think you know it, it can be gone. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's a constant, it's a constant thing. I experience that one a lot. Yeah. But that's why having the mindset of being a lifelong learner. Yep. It's almost like, okay, I'll just do it again. Yeah. I'll just try to relearn it. But also life changes really fast. I mean, I like to call myself um, a 95-year-old woman living in a 31-year-old body because I don't understand technology. So every time I learn something, and my husband can attest to how many times he's come in and tried to teach me Excel in my office um, over our 10-year relationship. It's been a long, a long journey through Excel. I consistently know that I I do not know Excel. I do not know Excel. I do not understand 
you know, certain pieces of technology that I use every day, CRM softwares. I would love to update my training on those all the time. And then I master it. And then I'm like, oh, I could be a super user for Salesforce. And then I lose it in a month because I'm not using that skill. But I just know, okay, well, every time that I see an Excel workshop, like once a year, if I have time for it, I'm going to take it again. They make it simple as watching one video a day on YouTube that's eight minutes long or mm-hmm. five minutes long. That's still being skill set growth and learning based. People think you have to do it all day or you have to do an hour a day or you have to do it two hours a day. I tell them all my agents, like, look, just do snippets. Mm-hmm. Five minutes a day consistently every day for the rest of the year versus haphazardly trying to do an hour or once a week. Mm-hmm. There's, you're building that consistency and that's what the schedule in the top month is about. Right? Yeah. It's just getting into the habit of consistency and then from there it's like, oh wow, here we go. This isn't mm-hmm. as hard as I thought. Like you said, the hardest problem is inside job. Head. Yeah. yeah, inside job. Yeah. All right, Nikki, was there one question that maybe Wade hasn't answered that you'd uh, like to ask him? Um, hmm. One question. I have like 90 questions for Wade, but those can take up the next few times we meet, um, which I will follow up and make him meet with me, even if he doesn't want I to. Because I do want to do that, Nikki, because I do <laughs> want to help you in your endeavor. Like, I do want to meet, how can I give back? How can I help? Who can I help connect you to as well? Because I do enjoy that as well, so. Thank you. Well, that, I mean, speaking into that, one question that I can ask you now is, you and you did mention this in your presentation, so this could be redundant, but I think that listeners might like it. What is, and this could be more than one thing, but what is your number one motivator that drives you every day? And what's your, I guess what's what your, what is your why? That, thank you for that. I'm like all nervous, like, oh my gosh, what's she going to ask me? <laughs> well, I have the answer for it. Honestly, I want a life by design, not by default. If I just do the simple actions each day and be consistent with it, remember I told you I'm transparent. I struggle at some things too. I'm not perfect at time blocking, getting things done all the time. And yet my growth just comes from just doing the right things consistently. And it's, I want to go on vacations a lot. A lot. That's a good one. How often? A lot. So I want to work. I want to play hard and work a little bit so I can go play harder. Mm-hmm. So it's not work to work to go try to go on a vacation once a year. I want to play so hard, dang it, that I have to go do a little bit of work two or three hours a day so I go vacation again and play hard again. And so our mantra has really shifted the past two years is our intention is to play hard and travel hard. And then when we're back, we've had the energy and I'm going to make those calls. I'm going to knock those doors. I don't really love to knock on and we're just grind it knowing that I'm going to make some money here to go play hard again because that's where memories come from. Mm -hmm. Vacations with family and with my two boys. And, you know, it's not about things and cars and clothing and stuff. It's about memories and having fun together. So that's my why is to live a life by design and not by default, not look back and go, I wish I would have. Mm-hmm. I should have, I wish I would have done this more. I don't want that wish, coulda, shoulda, woulda. It's just, let's go live a big life right now. And we can do that. Yeah. Simple little things that we're talking about today. Yeah. Is that helpful? That. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, it. I think it's affirming for other people that, and I can even say this honestly, my younger brother, he wants, he wants a certain type of life. And I remember trying to relay to him, well, you can work towards that life. Like you don't have to have the typical nine to five job and you don't have to ho-hum through your day and, no. you know, get to your weekend and just be like, oh, thank goodness it's here. Right. Like 
you can purposely do that. I don't have the tools for you, but you could do it. I know it happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm, my new mentor is now Ed Milet. I listen to his podcast. He just wrote a book called The Power of One More. And he has a just a, a story where he's just living in his car broke and now he's multimillionaire. And it's just, he doesn't brag about it, but he just goes, it's, I just decided. Mm-hmm. Like the day we're going to be successful is the day we, we decide, not when we are. Like if you go, I am, I am successful. I'm the best nonprofit ever because you chose today to say it. And now it's just go fulfill it. Yeah. So I'm like, I had a hard time kind of like mindset stuff. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not wealthy. But you have to claim it first. You have to just, I am wealthy. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to go grow into that wealth or That's blessings cool. or whatever you think about. So Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So let's wrap it up. Yep. Nikki, how do we get in touch with you? And no email addresses. We don't put email addresses uh, on pages anymore <laughs> because of spam and security. Okay. Well, how what about website? my- I we I am on the website. For free wheelchair mission. Can they get a hold of you though through that way? Um, yes, they can. Okay, good. Yeah. So uh, I am actually, in order to find me, if you are looking at freewheelchairmission.org and you click get involved and you click schools, my side hustle, no, not really, but I actually am a school relationships relationship officer alongside my fundraising job at Free Wheelchair Mission. Um, and so you can find my contact information on our school's landing page. And I would say check out freewheelchairmission.org when you're there. Awesome. That's and fantastic. Wade. Yes. What were we talking about? I was so engaged in what you're saying. I, 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 like, I know. What, how, how do you want, Josh? How to get in touch with you? And Let's, it could be I a website. With you. <laughs> I know. It could, yeah, just get a hold of Nikki, and she'll put you in touch with Wade. I'm, uh, Contact her, and she'll I'm give Wade's you information too. <laughs> so good. Well, in, in a week from now, that could be true. <laughs> right on. Um, and yeah. a phone number would be okay too. Yeah, I hold on to. I'm a Texas boy doing Cali real estate. <laughs> Like, I love your SoCal. It kind of feels weird to be a Texas boy living in Southern California now. But yeah, uh, yeah I've got my Dallas number still because, you know, being a Cowboy fan. Yeah. 972-310-0461. Okay, repeat that one more time. 972-310-0461. Awesome. Nicely said in the microphone. So do you have a website people can go to as well? The Blair Group. Okay. Just go to the Blair Group. Dot sales. Com? Dot com. The Blair Group, Group Sales. sales. Dot S-E-L-L-S. The Blair Group sells. Oh, sells. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Because we do. Because it's an action. <laughs> They're action oriented. All right, guys. Well, thanks yeah. for being here. This has been a lot of fun. If you want to do it again, thank, thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Yeah. I was so blessed to sit at the table and then have a great conversation. We'll do a follow-up for sure. Oh, thanks, Wade. This was an honor. This was fun. <laughs>